back to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM920, The Answer. In this segment, what's going on with current market mortgage rates? Are people going to start going with adjustable rate mortgages, ARMS, like you remember from the past? And how does it work when you want to make sure you're getting the best rate? What do you need to do? What are the best practices? We've got John Birchfield, AVP and mortgage consultant at Capital City Home Loans, with us on this segment. Don't forget... If you want to connect with us, go to gogaddisradio.com, G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S radio.com. You can ask questions. You can make comments. You can push back. You can share your ideas with us. In fact, we encourage you to do that. You can request your neighborhood be featured in our neighborhood spotlight, and you can subscribe to our podcast. We continue to grow the number of podcast downloads we have on a weekly basis, and we would love for you to be a subscriber. Without further ado, let me introduce Mr. John Birchfield. John, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, Cleve. Glad to be here. Hey, real quickly, how long have you been in the mortgage business? Because you're like 25 years old, and you've been in the mortgage business like 25 years. <laughs> how long? Uh, half and half. I've been in the mortgage business for 25 years. Yeah. yeah. half. A, so you're a little older than 25, but 25 years. A little older years, than 25. You've kind of seen it all, haven't you? Yeah. Let's, I was thinking about that and reflecting on that uh, just this week with as, as crazy as the market's been with interest rates going up, uh, which I know we're going to talk about. Um I've been through this cycle a few times, and uh, so it's it's we're here again. So I would imagine, and and you tell me if you agree, but most buyers out there, John, uh, do not consider this a favorable environment environment to buy a house because interest rates have gone up from let's just call it they were at a two point seven five percent thirty year fixed, and let's just say they're on average five percent now. You're not quoting yeah. the rates. I'm quoting the rates. And that's a big right, difference. Though. That's a big, big difference. You know, that can be, you know, an extra three or four or five or six thousand dollars a year in interest that somebody would pay on a home. So what what do you think is going to happen to interest rates as we continue to move through twenty twenty two? Yeah. Well, I wish I knew because <laughs> nobody knew that we were going to have a uh, you know worldwide pandemic that brought interest rates down to those levels that you mentioned. Right. Um, but um, you know, as long as inflation is a concern, and you, you saw reports this week with inflation still running over eight percent, as long as that's over two percent, which is kind of the target normally accepted, they, they consider that healthy. With two percent inflation, the Fed healthy. considers that healthy, inflation. right? Yeah. Okay. Anything more than that, and we're four times that. Yep. You're going to have a rising interest rate environment. Um, so I would expect them to continue to go up. What I encourage homeowners to focus on is that at least this week, we're still below the 50-year moving average. You know, So rates are still good. Yeah. We're just a little spoiled by what we might have saw the last uh, you know, two years. Absolutely. I bought my first home in 1992. I think it was the very beginning of 1992. My interest rate was 8%. 0.875%. You're proud to get that. I, you listen, if I, I when I left the closing, I thought to myself, hey, if if uh, if they knew me as well as I knew me, they wouldn't <laughs> loan me the 120000 or whatever it was that I borrowed at any yeah. amount of interest rate. I thought I would die before I could get it all paid back. So you are right. right. Mortgage rates are, are, are better. I saw something the other day that predicts that by the end of the year, they'll be a full point higher than they are today. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but they're saying they'll get up to six, which means then they'd be about at the 50-year average um, yeah. at, at 6%. So um, there's a new product. And for um, those who are listening, I'm closing on a, a piece of investment property. They say you can't find investment properties in today's market, and we did. Uh, we had mm -hmm. to finagle ourselves to get in the offer. 
uh, but John is handling the financing for me. And uh, John, you recommended, and I hadn't even heard anybody talking about adjustable rate mortgages in years and years. Yeah. And you said, hey, we've got this portfolio product, which I believe you mean is actually offered by Capital City Home Loans, and mm-hmm. you, you actually hold the note. And it has a interest rate that is fixed for 10 years. Now, without giving details on the particular loan, I would say that I am probably saving a percent and a half in interest over what I would spend if I had a 30-year fix with Fannie or Freddie. Um, I don't know if you agree with that, but it is a big, Absolutely. big difference. I mean, yeah. it, it, maybe Huge even 1.75%, because normally you take the market rate, and let's say it's 5 for investor property, you would add 1% to that because they typically charge investors more because there's more risk, so it makes sense. Right. And if I'm paying closer to 4 than I am to 6, I mean, that's a huge savings over time, saving me – you know, three or four thousand dollars a year in interest payments over what I would uh, be. So, yeah. what I would be paying if I went through a thirty-year fixed. How does an adjustable rate mortgage work? Well, that particular one has a fixed period of ten years. That's what I really focus on. So, we want to um, ensure that the borrower has a nice, stable, consistent monthly payment yep. for the first ten years of the note. Right um, now, after that ten years, on your uh, you know payment number one twenty-one it's going to start adjusting to wherever the market may be at that time. The type of adjustable rate mortgages I would ever recommend for someone are always going to have caps that are in place. Okay. So we could predict an absolute worst case scenario for a borrower in the adjustment period after the initial fixed term uh, to make certain that, you know, we're not going to put them in harm's way and into any type of mortgage product that they might one day not be able to afford. So for many people who are moving to Metro Atlanta or anywhere else, they don't plan to be in their home any longer than 10 years anyway. I remember when I moved to Chicago in 1995, I got a three-year adjustable rate mortgage, and the rate was very, very low at the time because I knew I wouldn't be there more than three or four years. Turns out the rates actually went down. So I stayed there three and a half years. In the last six months, I actually paid less. When you talk about an interest rate cap, how does that work? Some loans that are uh, adjustable rate mortgages, they have no cap and, and, and people should be looking for one that puts a cap on it, meaning maybe the rate can go up, but it can't go up any more than 2% or I'm just making stuff up. Yeah, lenders are going to think in terms of three separate caps that are on a loan. There's okay. always going to be the cap that it can adjust the very first time. There's going to be a cap on how much it can adjust every time thereafter the first one. Okay. And then there's going to be a lifetime cap. And it's the lifetime cap I really focus on because we want to. We know that's your worst case scenario. So, if, for example, most lifetime caps are 5%. That's very typical. So if you started at 4%, lifetime cap was 5%. You could go to The nine. absolute worst case scenario would be 9%. Got it. Got it. And what's interesting, so in these investment properties, my plan is for it to be paid off in 10 years anyway. And that gives me additional motivation, even if I need to pop in a couple hundred bucks a month every once in a while, you know, to get it where it is gone in 10 years. I'm 53, right. so in 10 years, I'll be 63. And my guess, Mr. Birchfield, and I know you're younger than I am, is that I'm going to be less interested in working at 63 than I am when I'm 53. <laughs> so Probably so, I am yeah. looking forward to that income. So if if any if any buyer is listening and they think they're going to be in a home 10 years or less, it sounds to me like they should at least ask for a quote on an adjustable rate mortgage in today's world. They should ask for a quote and they should do their due diligence uh, with their lender, hopefully us, to really explore the benefits of it, yep. the risk of it and see if it fits for them. It's certainly not going to fit for everybody, but it is a it is a strong way you can save a lot of interest 
for a significant period of time. Yeah, in some cases, it makes sense to pay a little bit more in interest. I know when I've done the last couple of investment loans, I did them amortized over 30 years just to be safe, and I paid a little bit more interest, but it made me more comfortable than the half a percent or three quarters of a percent or whatever I would save. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920 The Answer. I'm Cleve Gaddis. I'm your host. I'm also a full-time real estate broker and agent here in Metro Atlanta. And on the line, we've got John Birchfield, AVP and mortgage consultant at Capital City Home Loans. We're talking about the interest rate environment. We both agree that interest rates are probably going to continue to grow, grow, continue to yeah, increase. And we both believe that regardless of what your circumstances are, you should look at, and hopefully you're dealing with Capital City Home Loans, but you should look at adjustable rate mortgages. John, if somebody wanted to reach you, how would they do that? Uh, you can call me anytime, 678 678- Two two six seven eight eight seven reaches my team directly. Most of the time, that's me that picks up the phone. Love it. And now, one of the things that um, that most lenders would not like me talking about, but you don't ever seem to care, is that you know sometimes you need to to, to keep a lender in check. And sure. if you if you go to a lender and you get pre-approved, so let's say I recommended somebody and they came to you to get pre-approved, then we would typically ask them to get another quote or two. Mm-hmm. And is that if you were getting a loan yourself and you were not a loan originator, would you do the same thing? I would. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and then if if someone gets a little bit better rate quote than what you have provided them, would the suggestion be for them to then give you that other rate quote and say, hey, you know, we're already this far in the process. Is this something you can match? Because I would imagine in most cases you could figure out how to match something and provided it wasn't a portfolio product. Yes. Um, but a step further in what we see in today's market um, very, very often is that it's not as it's not really better. And oh, because b- b- it's the way they're showing the numbers the fees that somebody might be paying to obtain a particular interest. No. Rate. And so, yes, th- that is such a good point. Thank you for making that. I, you would only compare an official loan estimate to an official loan estimate so you could That's see right. all the numbers. And so when somebody says, hey, you know, we're going to be at 4.75 instead of five and a quarter, I'm just making numbers up. Don't anybody drive off the road if they're listening. Um, yeah. But th- you, you have to understand all that goes with it. And that is such a good point. How much do I have to bring to closing and how much mm-hmm. will I owe every month after closing? Those are the numbers you need to ask. Yep. And how yeah. accurately the lender quoted the third-party fees that they don't necessarily they don't have, have to be any responsible for quoting accurately, yep. unfortunately. Yeah. No. So you could have one lender that really tells you what to expect and another lender that kind of fudges the numbers a little bit to make it appear better than it is. And an example would be one lender including owner's title insurance and another lender not including it. So it looks like you're saving money, but really – when you go to the closing attorney, it's what you decide you're going to do that determines whether or not you have owner's title insurance. And so things are broken down into three different categories, things that the lender is 100% responsible for, no changes at all, things that can change up and down 10%, and things that you're responsible for as a buyer. So those things are good to keep in mind. Listener question for you, John, if you've got one more second. We've only got about 45 seconds left in the segment. Can you lock an interest rate before you identify the property? Mm, good pro- Good question. Unfortunately, no. Uh, an interest rate lock is going to be tied to the property itself. And therefore, it's important while a, while, a pre- while a pre-approved borrower is out shopping for a home, stay in constant communication with your lender in this type of environment. Um, because if you're expecting a payment on a $500,000 home at one rate yep. and it goes up a quarter of a point, 
you got to be prepared for that. Yep. So, so stay in touch. John, thank you so much. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, are there tax benefits to owning an investment property? And how does depreciation fit into that equation? And then what do you need to budget for when you're buying a home? Stick with us. We'll have those subjects and more. We'll be back. <laughs> 